It is back in black for Georgia. Eight years have passed since UGA donned the black jerseys, and surely there could be no better way to make their return than against a 4-5 and Sunbelt team. Hey, whatever works. But it is a safe play for the dogs. The black jerseys left a bad taste in Georgia fans' mouths after that breakdown, beatdown, meltdown versus Alabama back in 2008. And they've been shelved ever since. So why not reintroduce them for a little bit of extra juice, intrigue, and excitement for a noon kickoff versus Louisiana Lafayette? Bottom line, uniforms don't matter. It should be all about great offense, great defense, and special teams execution for the dogs this Saturday. And get out of the game with a win. That's just one man's opinion. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 68 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm in studio today with my co-host, Tony Waller. Will Leach, our other co-host, who likes to call in from different sporting venues from around the country, does just that once again. So stay tuned to find out where he is this time. Tony and I break down the game between the Dogs and the Ragin' Cajuns. We revisit the Auburn game once more, because frankly, why wouldn't we? And we also make picks for a few regional and national games of interest. So without further ado, here is Mr. Tyler Dogden himself. Tony, get us started. All right. Thanks, Scott, for the introduction. As he mentioned, that's Scott Duvall. This is Tony Waller. We are once again without Will, who is off in hither and yon New York, if I think. But is that you, right? He is in New York, but do you know where he is exactly? I assume he's covering uh, his favorite professional basketball team, the New York Knicks. Yes. He talked about going, so okay. I assume he's at Madison Square Garden watching the Knicks. By the way, which is a great place to watch basketball. I've never been there. I've it's, been to New York, but I haven't been to uh, Madison Square Garden. I got to go a few years ago for the SEC Big East Challenge. I watched uh, Kentucky, UConn, and the Georgia St. John's. How'd that go um, for Georgia? Uh, Georgia came in second. and um, To St. John's? Or to St. John's. Okay. Uh, it was a lot of fun, though. I mean, it was a UConn-Kentucky game. That at the time everyone thought was going to be like a serious Final Four matchup. I think UConn ended up winning the uh, winning the championship or, or making the Final Four that year. I don't can't say that for sure. Sounds certain. good. Sounds like it's possible. Um, Kentucky was less good. Oh, that might have been the year. Now think about it, that. Might have been the year that Butler made the Final Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe UConn didn't, and Kentucky made the Elite Eight because I ended up ended up buying Butler uh, tickets to that Butler Final Four from some sad Kentucky fans, and they were like, "Man, I paid all this money for these tickets." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm sad." Cool story, but I guess you're not going to Indianapolis. I guess not. That, so, uh, that's the hard part about being a big-time college basketball fan because you've got to buy tickets that you might not be playing for. Is that right? Because I'm asking out of ignorance. Well, I think you know. here's how that generally works is that you, if you're, if you're a fan of a team like Kentucky or Duke or, or Kansas or, or whatever – you kind of operate on one or two principles, right? Mm-hmm. You assume you're going to go and just sock money away and, and, and take the hit and, and basically take the hit if you go. Mm-hmm. Or you buy them, you go and get into the lottery early because, I mean, all those Final Four games are played at massive arenas now. I mean, they're played at you know, Jerry World. Where they have Lucas Oil, uh, 75 to 85. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, the odds of getting tickets on that are, are, are relatively high. I mean, they're not cheap, but they're certainly not what you'd pay on the open market if a team like Kentucky goes where you it's got – not going to Cameron or something. No, it's not going to Cameron or uh, So, you know, you, you buy them. But like I said, I, I had a guy that ended up buying the tickets. Like he said, the day they hired Calipari, I bought these tickets. I'm like, yeah. So I listened patiently, and at that point I said – yeah, like I'm going to give you this much for them. You don't have to sell them to me, but you're going to sell them to somebody for this. You're like, no, oh, they're worth way much more. I was like, no, nah, you got you got West Virginia, Michigan State, Butler, and uh, um, I remember Duke. Duke, Duke, and he said, well, Duke people want to go. I'm like, all the Duke people have tickets, just like you, <laughs> just like you, right? So, um, it was it was a great time. Uh, yeah, that's a very long way of saying that uh, it's a great place to watch basketball. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, that's yeah, what I was yeah. Madison Square Garden. Where we got out of this? Yeah, because Will already sent in his minute and a half uh, take. Live, oh, cool. Live from uh, the Knicks versus Pistons game. Oh, wow. So we'll play that a little bit later. I have some topics that I wanted to cover, but since you did bring up college basketball, Georgia had its first win the other night. So could you enlighten us on the where the dogs are with their their one and one on the season so far? They are one and one on the season. Uh the dogs uh beat UNC Asheville. They have a game uh this week a couple games this week. I was actually going to pull the schedule up because I, I unlike football. Well, I mean, much, you don't have the best much like much like football actually I can't remember the schedule off the top of my head. Um, but you know they uh, well it, they were led by Mayton and Frazier. Of course. Yeah, exactly what you think. I mean, we lost to Clemson in the opener. Um, 
that remains to be seen if that's a good loss or bad loss. I mean, it was a emotional emotional opening win for Clemson in their newly renovated Little John Arena. Mm-hmm. Um, but that still doesn't mean anything uh, because it could mean that. I mean, for that, you know, it could mean they're they've they've gotten their stuff together, or it so could, pull for Clemson. That's the rule. Yeah, I, th- I think you want Clemson to surprise Duke and the ACC. I mean, you know, that's the sort of game where uh, if Clemson's really good, you can you can go back and look at it and say, well, maybe maybe we got to maybe we just call Clemson at a good time. If it's not, I mean, you end up in a situation where that just drags you down because you 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 have that loss that that folks can't explain and it puts um puts it just puts the season off in a bad place well at least clemson is a brand name whether they are in football and and basketball equally it remains to be seen but they're a brand name unlike last year when georgia kind of stumbles out of the gate losing to chattanooga but chattanooga you know chattanooga ended up making the tournament um but still it's chattanooga and they don't have a name hey you know who chattanooga played this past week i really don't and beat I have no idea. The Mighty Volunteers of Tennessee. Oh, really? Yeah. So, you know. That's always good. They had a good week. They had a good week. They did have a good week. Um, So So is that on uh, the Fox watch right now? Well, you know. You don't don't know that much. I think Mark Fox has to win. (laughs) I think he has to get to the – I think he has to get to the tournament to – I mean, this is kind of the team he's been waiting on. He's got a point guard to run his – his point guard to run his – his offense, he has a um, a big man down low that can handle the ball, um, which is kind of what he's been hoping for and waiting for. Mate and Fraser both are borderline all SEC or first team SEC, and that says something in a um, frankly in a in a conference as loaded as SEC is with top talent. So, hey, look at that! Alexander Graham Bell's trying to talk to us. The part about it that's going to be interesting to me is. The SEC is not looking like it's going to be great again, especially after that loss. We can't go nine and seven in the conference and, and expect that to carry us. I mean, we're not the Big Ten, we're not the ACC. You know, we're going to need to be able to get into the SEC schedule. And you know, I think Will said we had to go eight and two or eight and three or whatever it is. I don't think it's it's quite that dire, but we need to be in a position where if we win, we win twelve games in the conference. That's going to look pretty good on our resume, right? Um. You know, we do, but we do have some very interesting games coming out. I mean, coming up, we, we you know, the Thursday till uh, we play Furman, then we we get into this um, the CBA Classic where we're going to probably play Kansas if we win. And Kansas is a, you know, they are legitimate top seven. Well, they beat Duke the other night, right? They they did. Although, I mean, you know, they are on a run right now of winning the regular season in the Big Twelve, like. Seven years, nine, like ten, ten, twelve years in a row. I mean, just really unprecedented. I mean, the Big Twelve has had some good. They're not. There's not Kentucky winning the SEC in the in the eighties kind of thing. From a basketball perspective, we have some good games left. George Washington, Marquette, you know, Tech for that matter. Uh, on in in Tech, we beat them, even though they're still kind of on the lower end. So you win those games, you win the gimmies. You have to feel pretty good about where you're going into the SEC schedule. Speaking of SEC schedule, I want to talk about Auburn again for a minute because it felt let's, so good. Let, let's talk about Auburn. I've um, seen a lot of jokes this week. Yeah, well, and, that have been great. Um, uh, I saw one about I can't, and I, I'm going to do it disservice, but who was it that said that? It was uh, uh, oh Logan Booker. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I saw a tweet from Logan Booker, and he said something like. Newsflash, Auburn bus broken down in Noonan because they painted a first down line marker. And I murdered his tweet. I, I got a good chuckle out of it. Yeah. Um, but, well, I saw, and then I saw, Bernie Dog just tweeted one. Yeah, something about the Knicks. Uh, the Knicks have as many first downs as, uh, as, Auburn, as Auburn did. did. Yeah. Uh, so, so let's talk about Auburn. So I, I, let's start off with the, the one thing that um, – Remains. At, let's take it. Let's, let's start because we were really we were we were lit. We were hype about the game uh, on Sunday when we did the the post game wrap up. Oh, there, yes. There's one thing that remains a concern and has been a concern is that's red zone production. We threw an interception in the red zone. We took two field goals in the red zone. Um, we and scored we missed a field goal. And well, we that, met, that was a long field goal. Yeah, I don't know that we and, and I I don't count the red zone as twenty yard line. I count it as the forty yard line. I guess scoring opportunities, babe, because I I'd, sure. I'd, I'd adhere strictly to Bill uh, Bill Conley's uh, matrices. But still, we have to be in a position to score touchdowns because I think you and I were talking a few minutes ago. Like you know, it could have been twenty eight three or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't get inside the five yard line on an SEC team 
And turn it over. And turn the ball over or settle for a field goal. And we've done too much of that this season. Now, I will I will fall back on the tried and true, the, the warm blanket in the night of young quarterback, offensive line that has um, improved uh, in, in whether through scheme or effort or work or however you want to frame it, uh, improved this week. Maybe it's coaching. It's uh, Maybe it's coaching. Maybe finally. Finally it's coaching, whatever you want to call it. Again, a team like Georgia Tech where – you know, we're, I don't. I don't see us, and and we'll get we'll get to Louisiana in a minute. I don't see us holding the ball for forty minutes against Georgia Tech. Um, that game could be if we play the game we played against Auburn against Georgia Tech. That game could be over two hours and forty minutes. You know, both teams run the ball. Will want to run the ball a lot. Both teams will want to limit plays because Tech runs absolutely on the theory that we're going to make your we're going to make your defense so tired of trying to figure out who's chop blocking you this this play by the end of the game. You just give up. Tech has had some up games and down games or a little bit on, a, on a little bit of an upswing. So as that relates to the offensive performance we saw this week, you know, we, we have to make sure that we convert opportunities. We've had a lot of score and, and the the first touchdown against Kentucky was a I mean, it was outside the scoring it's outside the score zone. I mean it was a four well, I guess technically it's a thirty six yard play. But still, you know, you you can't run that play uh, if you're inside the five yard line, you got to have plays that you can matriculate the ball three yards. Um, Do you think they know that, and that's why they're calling the throwback to Eason, and then having the wildcat pass that were both I, highly ineffective? I don't know. You know, that's a good question, and that's there. There was some debate about that this week on the uh, kind of out in the Twitter and other other places. Um, you know, I give Kirby credit for trying something. Mm-hmm. Um, the it is clear. And it has been made abundantly clear for many, many, many weeks that we just can't smash mouth, push people back, and run the ball down people's throats. Um, it's also clear, and this is just a matter of physics, once you get inside a certain yard line, you 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 have less territory to cover. So you can't, you can't suck a safety out of the play with a deep route. You can't. And every time you put a receiver on, a, on an out route or fade, you're taking a blocker away from – uh, somebody that can can open a hole somewhere, so it does limit your playbook. I don't have any answer to that other than you fall back on the old defensive mantra: they don't score, you can't lose. So, uh, so and Georgia adhered to that. So let's let's talk about that for yeah, a minute. Let's talk about um, some good stuff. So you know, it, it's interesting to me that the first thing out of a lot of people's mouths was, you know, well, Sean White was hurt and blah blah blah. Although he's probably going to start this week, I think it didn't hurt Georgia's chances that Cameron Petway did not play exactly. Um, because he is, uh, he's a, he's a different running back of, of both quality and um, ability, speed, power, speed, power. The whole the whole game. That was the reason he was starting. Uh, and we we did get some breaks and some some poorly thrown Sean White balls. We played a hell of a defensive game, particularly in the second half. I mean, that was the first game I can think of where we made adjustments in the second half and we straight up out coached a team since probably since since North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, where we, where we were a step ahead the whole game. And I don't necessarily know we were a step away the whole game as much as that um, we had a game plan. We knew what we wanted to do against North Carolina. It worked pretty much the whole game, even though we fell behind due, due, due to some gaffes. And, you know, now now you look at it, you're just like, oh, yeah, we, we should have seen some of the stuff coming. But mm-hmm. having said all that, we played that kind of defense the rest of the season. I feel good about our chances. Um, you think it helped <clears> the fact that Mel Tucker and Kirby and Schumann have experience playing against Gus Malzahn? I don't think it hurts. Um, well, sure, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. I, I think there is an element. But Alabama's to that. had Auburn's number as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Except the then really the only times that Auburn's beat Georgia mm-hmm. or Alabama in the past five years is through luck, like just sheer luck. I, I think Alabama's. I think we're the bell cow for whether Al- Auburn's playing for a national championship. <laughs> I like right? That. Yeah. yeah, I think we are. But you know that that gets me back to think it, about. Sorry to cut you off, but think about if an Auburn fan is sitting there in their basement, probably their parents' basement. Yeah. They are the, just clutching trailers. Their have basements, hands. trailers. Uh, some, some of them. Okay, cool. and, and, Not, really uh, nice trailers. Of, south Real, of Anniston, really nice trailers. Yeah, okay. South of Anniston, north of uh, Opelika. I don't yeah, know. but what I was getting at is, if somebody really does sit there and think what they left on the table with all those teams losing and where they were positioned to be, and then to beat Georgia and then maybe beat Alabama and finish ten and two, go to the SEC championship game with a the playoff on the line, they would have been yeah. a lock for yeah. the playoff. Yeah. Which gets to an interesting thing you and I talked about earlier before we started recording is why did they stop running the ball? 
Um, that's that's what scares me against Tech a little bit. I mean, they 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 tried to run some in the second half. But we had their number running the ball, and I have to assume we did something scheme wise that made them think we just can't run the ball anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I hope we get there with Tech because Tech doesn't like like to throw the ball. Isn't Justin Thomas hurt? Is he? I didn't know that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I hadn't even looked at Tech yet. Well, um, I haven't either. But I, I just heard a blurb on the radio that they—I think it was on six eighty—they were commending Tech, and they, they should have because they won in Blacksburg because Justin Thomas was out, and they named some other guy that I hadn't heard right. of. But uh, Keith Marshall's brother went off. He had like one hundred forty-five yards rushing. Yeah, Marshall he, Morgan. He, he's actually Marshall Morgan. Morgan Marshall. No. Keith Marshall. It's, yeah. uh, we'll put research on it. We'll put research on it. Um, like Kevin Marshall. I don't know. Hey, Benny the intern, look that up. Um, so that gets me to Louisiana. Um, should we talk about Louisiana Lafayette? Yes, we should. Well, I have some topics. I think this is a good uh, kind of setup on where the podcast or this episode is going to go from here on. And I hope you approve of this. But there I have are, a microphone. I'm not going to disapprove. And, and so before we get into Louisiana Lafayette, there's some other things that I want to kind of circumvent or circle around or put on the table for you to chew on or think about. And we can either dismiss it or we can come back to it. So I wrote down five topics to cover. And it doesn't mean we're going to spend a lot of time on each topic. But I wanted to touch on five topics. And one of those topics is going to include Louisiana Lafayette. First topic would be the college football playoff rankings. Just the top four, maybe the top five. And to couch that, from what I've heard on how they're doing the rankings, they're saying that they're forgetting what's happened in the past. And this is a moment in time capsule as if the season ended today. This is how the college football playoff rankings would look. Because you have Ohio State and Michigan in it, some people might say, whoa, they're going to play each other. Well, yeah, but they're saying it's a snapshot in time of what it looks like today. And so it, the way the rankings came out was Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, and uh, Clemson. Does that sound right? That sounds right. Louisville's yeah. ranked fifth. So I want, I want you to think about that. Mentioning Louisville, some news broke today that Louisville and Petrino were having people question their integrity and their win over Wake Forest. Did you hear about this? Yeah, I heard I heard they found some uh, some – Wake Forest game prep notes or something the already. Inter- and yeah. some people might dismiss that. But the interesting point in one of the articles I read was that Wake Forest claims they had information on plays they didn't even, they had never run before. Huh. Well, And yeah. think about that game. Louisville was down 12 nothing, right? They ended up winning 44-12. to So the conspiracy theorists could start saying, well, they were trying not to use that information. And then, then Bobby Petrino is like, hey, bring up the motorcycle with all the – the information. Let me address that now. Bobby Petrino has an edge. Bobby Petrino is going to use an edge. So is this similar to what Bill Belichick was accused of, what, four or five years ago? Uh, with uh, whatever I mean, game? honestly, who knows? I mean, it's it's interesting. It's a cute little story, midweek story. But, you know, you lost 44 to 12. And, and they're complaining. Was, no, I'm not saying they're complaining. I'm just saying you lost Wake 44 Forest. to 12. Wait, I mean, look, you bring it up. You talk with the commissioner about it. And then you don't comment about it and let the commissioner figure it out. Yeah, the interesting thing is that again, again, Bobby Trino didn't wait to have time to use those notes if he had them. Right. Um he Bobby Trino would cheat at pool against his mama. So that's just the way it is. Um so but get get back to the oh go ahead. Third topic. Yes. Third topic. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. That's but fine. I've, I've just got an agenda here. That's good radio. Um bowl projections. Okay. They're coming to they're starting to take shape. Last yep. week I mentioned on the podcast, I haven't checked, but we can get our research staff on it. Georgia was slated for maybe a Texas bowl matchup <clears> versus Baylor, a Liberty Bowl matchup versus Baylor or Texas. Texas lost last week. Uh, Music City Bowl. Right, right now, it's Iowa. almost almost everybody has this Music City Bowl against some random Big Big Ten team. So maybe I, Iowa, one of, the, one of the I states, Iowa, Michigan, uh, Iowa, Minnesota. Not and, not Rutgers. Okay, so if it were Iowa or Minnesota, Georgia's never played either one of those teams. Okay, cool. So that would be interesting. Yeah. Here's another topic that I stumbled across yesterday, and to the chagrin of both Urban Meyer and Kirby Smart, neither one of them knew that it was legal to have college football alumni from your school practice with your school now. And so let me say that again. Yes, Trent Richardson has suited up for Alabama on the scout team. John Parker Wilson has suited up for Alabama this year on the scout team as they were preparing for LSU. And it caught Urban Meyer and Kirby Smart by surprise because neither one of them knew that, that it was a rule. And, of course, Saban would find that it is a rule. And it, it is a rule. It is legal. For them to do that, if as long as it's not 
broadcast like on social media or like hyped up saying, guess who's coming back to practice this week? I assume they didn't bring Quentin Dial to come out and blindside quarterbacks. I'm just saying they probably didn't do that. Um, is he in jail? I don't know. He probably is. Sorry. I didn't mean what do you to think of that? Uh, well, I think Quentin Dial's dirty. Quentin Dial's dirty. No, I mean, um, in, in relation to Georgia. Um, well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we have Kevin Butler out there as a graduate assistant. Could we have DJ Shockley run the tech offense? I, I think it's interesting. I mean, maybe you get Logan Gray back to fair catch punts. You know, it's. I think it's interesting that they did that. I, I have to assume that because it upset Harbaugh and Urban Meyer that uh, Jim Delaney is going to cry to the NCAA about it, and it'll, it'll stop going. So it's ingenious. I mean, this is why this. It's not why, but it's a symbol of why. I think it's more symbolic. Symbolic. Than really anything. This is a symbol of why, yeah. right? I mean, because they even if, have Lake Sims. You're making back. you're making your guys stop in <laughs> pros. So. I mean, there's that, that's kind of like Could the you theory. Imagine? I mean, Trent Richardson's been cut, but I mean, he's still a beast to take down. Trent Richardson's it doesn't matter. <laughs> he can be cut all he wants. Yeah, he's still Trent Richardson. Yeah, he didn't stop being Trent Richardson. Right. So, fifth topic. Oh, we got five topics. Five topics, uh, and then we can get into the Louisiana Lafayette. This is all scatterbrain. We need Will back quickly. Yeah. yeah can I, Can I talk about the college football playoffs for a minute? <laughs> in, in a minute. Okay. In a minute. So Georgia has a game against. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Talk. Go, go yeah, ahead talk about. Hold on. This is not good for my ADD. Tony, this is not good for my ADD. I'm, I'm really messing with Tony right here. Y- y'all are y'all are screaming I at am, radio, and Tony's screaming at me. I am like a kitten. You keep throwing balls of yarn at, and like a bouncy ball just came okay. In. Talk about so, the college football. Playoffs. So the college, college football playoffs. Um, first off, I think this is purely content, right? I mean, this is ESPN content. They get an hour TV show out of it. They, I mean, they, they talked about it for almost an hour this afternoon. I was in a little Italy having lunch and I mean, Good they had, had fine bomb. Well, you know, you don't get this way without eating, you know, they had fine bomb, Allie LaForce, uh, no, Allie, it can't be Allie LaForce cause she's oh. CBS. Um, uh. Who has, uh, I can't remember who it is. Uh, David Pollack and whatever. I mean, they were talking about these rankings, oh, Molly McGrath, Molly McGrath. Yes. and, it's content. It's pure content. It's it's crazy that they release these this early. Having said that, I don't know where you put Michigan as high as they are. I mean, they dropped one spot or stayed after losing to an Iowa team, and and, and I you, you can say it's on the road. You can say it's one point, whatever. But I have to think if Clemson loses one point to North Carolina in the in the ACC championship game. Louisville or Washington or yep. somebody's going right. Yeah. So you know, and and I get they have a really hard thing, and this is I hate saying this, but this is why they're going to go to eight teams. Uh, it, it just is. They're, How soon can they do that? Uh, too soon. Look, I'm old school. I I I wish we had five national champions. I I don't like the conglomeration of balls. I don't like the conglomeration of you know sell it on the field and all this stuff because it, that's what made college football different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Uh, Putting aside so that. you like 1990 when no tech, when no tech. not when tech won it Shut well up. when tech and college um, okay Washington and I think Nebraska yeah ninety one maybe that was right um you know I think the I think the worst outcome we had in that time was BYU win it playing a six and five Michigan team in the Holiday Bowl December twentieth right um you know and people say well you know they were undefeated and they can only play the teams that were scheduled with. Yeah, and uh, look at the teams they're scheduled with. So, you know, using that metric, Western Michigan should be playing against whoever they play for the national championship. They're they're ten and zero, mm-hmm. and if they go undefeated, right, as they, because they played a similar schedule. Although BYU played a little tougher schedule than Western Michigan has, you know. But some interesting things. Our old friend James Franklin, eight and two Penn State. Maybe it was Christian Hackenberg. Maybe it was. Uh, they're eighth. You know. Uh, there's still a path for them to get in the playoff if they win the Big Ten. I mean, they have to have some stuff happen. Uh, the same goes for Wisconsin. So who, to get them in the Big Ten championship game, who has to win between Ohio State and Michigan? I'd have to look it up. I, I, I think it'd be Ohio State because they beat them. Uh, that sounds right. That sounds. I think that's right. But, you know, the – yeah, that's right. I and think, that would keep both Michigan and Ohio State out of the Big Ten championship. Right, and I think it virtually guarantees that you'll have two Big Ten teams or you'll have a non-champion in there. Right. So, um, so it's interesting to see how this happened. What's your second question? Well, we've already covered everything. We I, it's kind of all categories here because I mentioned the college football playoff first, and uh-huh. then I mentioned Bobby Petrino and his motors. I'm mean, not his motorcycle. Oh yeah, no, the, yeah, the, the yeah. Wake Forest, yeah, Freudian slip. Yeah, he was um, bowl projections. Talked about that. 
Uh, what was the fifth one? I mean, you had I one more. I haven't gotten there. Oh, okay. Uh, the fourth one was the alumni practicing. Maybe Herschel could come out and run Scott. He, <laughs> he, it, no one needs that. That's that's no. that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah he hurt. He would hurt all our Hers- players. Yeah, yeah. My, my so, favorite thing about Herschel's, you know, Herschel's never been to the moon only because he hadn't tried. <laughs> and my fifth one is that Georgia has a game this Saturday. It's a noon kickoff. Is it SEC Network? SEC Network alternate. alternate. Yeah, obviously. Well. They are going to wear the black jerseys. <laughs> oh, God. You should to... see Scott's face while I'm taking a picture. I'm he trying... is smiling. I did like, get a haircut today. So he is smiling like he just found gold. <laughs> I mean, he is like, he is so excited to bring this up because he knows how much I love talking unis. Let me see, let me see that picture. He's <laughs> just like you. Um, are you shooting a bird? No, you're not shooting No, bird. I'm not. I'm doing uh, thumbs up. I'll tweet that. So it's so, the first time in eight years. So, okay, cool. Yeah. What what are your thoughts on it? I mean, people have been roaring about it on Twitter, or maybe the people I follow. Uh, I think people are tired of talking about it. I think Kirby Smart really doesn't want to talk about it. He denied it on Monday, and then Seth Emerson got him to admit it reluctantly uh, in a one-word answer when after he checked with Claude Felton and then said, yes, we're wearing them. Um, so, Come on, give me something. It's not. Hey, here's the good news. It's not the pro-combat stuff that we want oh, against boys, God. because even I would be against that. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't care about it. I, I don't, I just don't. You know who does? Recruits? Recruits do. Players the players, it gets the players hyped and I'm fine with that. Look, just come out and play. I mean, we didn't lose to Alabama because we wore black jerseys. I mean, it's possible we beat Auburn because of the black jerseys. I think it didn't hurt. Um, in Hawaii. Uh, and the Hawaii, yeah, no, we we beat Hawaii because Marcus Howard is is forever the face of uh, Colt Brennan's nightmares. Cool. Um, but the you know I, let's wear them, let's whatever, it's fine. I I don't think they have to be reserved for big games. I don't have to. I don't think they they they're a secret talisman to success or or failure. Um, well, truth be told, Georgia is one of I guess it's one of the very few schools next to Alabama and Auburn that have not really. Is it dived or dove deep into the the alternate uniform? I think the word you're saying is screwed up. Okay. I think what you're trying to say is screwed up. Because if you looked at what Maryland did last weekend with that all red thing, it was awful. Have you seen what Notre Dame is going to wear this weekend? And that the classic, whatever they call it, the something classic. (laughs) Are they playing Boston College? Yeah, what do they yeah. call that? Uh, the Catholic, Catholics versus Catholics? Something like that. Yeah, Jesuits versus uh, non-Jesuits? It's, I don't know. They're both Jesuits. I don't know. I don't know, but yeah. Notre Dame, they've completely gone away from their t- traditional uniform. They've got kind of an old gold look. Well, not even an old gold. It looks, it's, it looks more like an army uniform, but it's very disappointing to see that. So I'm not all pro-alternate uniform, let's let's screw, screw with uh, our tradition, but I do like something that fits well with the colors, with the theme. I don't like what Mississippi State did. Even though it looked great a couple of weeks ago when they beat Texas A&M, they were wearing silver helmets and black tops. And I went on Wikipedia, and I checked their official colors are maroon and white. So they're just adding different colors for their school just for the sake of promotion, which, hey, it's America. It's 2016. They're acting like it. So maybe it's smart. Kind of getting off topic here, but no, I, like, I, just, I like the uh, fact that George is finally going to loosen their belt a notch and say, hey, we're going to wear a, a black jersey. And I think, and don't quote me on this, but according to some pictures, it looks like the helmet might have a black face mask on it. Really? From okay. the pictures I saw with the with the black stripe down the middle. Cool. Yeah. I, again, whatever. I, it's it's fine. I, you know, I think it's a good time to transition. I talk about actual football stuff. And uh, <laughs> sorry. Wear them. Show up and beat the hell out of Louisiana. I don't care. Maybe it gives extra juice for a twelve o'clock kickoff. If, if it does, that's fine. We, we're going to need people to show up. So uh, when I say that, I mean everybody, fans and all. Um, after last week, a noon kickoff is a hard thing, right? I wish you had the four o'clock draw on SEC Network. Yeah, and I and I I thought you know we'll, and we'll talk about Texas. I thought or I thought Tech was going to be a night game or afternoon game, but you know we're we're the only only game in the East and. That happens. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Louisiana Lafayette. Okay. The um, a couple of players you need you need to keep an eye on Anthony Jennings. He is from Marietta. He started out at LSU and was a um, uh, actually played uh, uh, was a starter for LSU at quarterback and ended up backing up Mettenberg and then decided to transfer because you know he wasn't going to play behind Mattenberg. and Elijah McGuire. He's another transfer Arkansas guy. 
So they said he might be an NFL prospect. Yeah, too. he he is actually. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of a. I'm, I'm, Elijah McGuire is a running back. He he is probably one of the top seniors running backs, senior running backs in the in 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 college football right now. Um, so two offensive playmakers that the defense really needs to pay attention. Yeah, to. and they love hurry up time. And they and they beat Southern last week. Yeah, yeah, we we both got that wrong. So they, they're gonna they're gonna try to run tempo. Oh yeah, they want to run eighty seven plays. If you like what we saw last week out of our offense, expect to see that again. Actually, they're running def- uh, Louisiana Lafayette's run defense is is pretty stout. You know, when you sit and look at who they played, and really the only team of significance beyond Georgia Southern is Boise, and they got thumped by them in the season opener. Right, and you know Boise. Essentially, we're talking about Boise is is uh, significant now. That's kind of crazy to me. It but, is crazy, but, but, they, but that's, they lost forty five ten. That's true. It is true. I'm not going to argue with that. You know, here's something that we have to keep an eye on. It's unrealistic to think we're going to hold them seven points. I think we're going to have to score more than 13 points to win. Uh, the upside is I think they have um, – I think their defense is exploitable, particularly on the short pass plays, the, the plays to Nada, the um, – you know, that, that quick slant out – uh, that we ran to Wims uh, several times against Kentucky. Those can be bread and butter plays for us, which which is going to require catching the ball and blocking, blocking, especially on the perimeter, even with our receivers. And Chigbu might be out this week. Yeah, yeah, uh, Stanley too, um, still, but um, but it also requires Eason being accurate like he was last week. Hey, he still had some throws sell on him, but um, he, uh, yeah, I could see sailing throws after getting your helmet ripped off. So um, yeah, he did get his helmet. The, uh, yeah. So you know, I think offensively, the key for us is going to be making sure that we play um, we play solid. And coaches, the coaches have to recognize if they get to play the worst, they got to run it. Um, it feels comfortable to say this after two games. I think I like Cheney in the booth. He, I think he called a heck of a play a game against um, Auburn. Let's put aside the foibles of the two passes in the end zone that that turned out not so great uh, on the Wildcat. Um, I think Kirby actually said those were his calls, both of them. Um, so I like what we saw the toss sweep. I like what we saw out of some of the misdirection. I actually like what we saw when we ran our base sets because we threw. It felt like to me we threw more out of the pro set when we looked like we we're running jumbo, uh, and that's when Nada got involved in the game. And mm-hmm. let me tell you what, it's a mismatch when Nada catches that crossing pattern, is heading right for a cornerback. It is a mismatch. I mean, you can see the cornerbacks, even even Auburn's cornerbacks were like, "God, I've got to tackle this guy now, don't I?" <laughs> so you know that's uh that's pretty huge. Uh, defensively, I think we have to make sure we we keep them out of rhythm. That means you got to take chances. You have to sack Jennings. You have to you have to disrupt the mesh point uh, when they're trying to run uh, anything quick uh, or any sort of RPO, RPO. I would recommend them doing exactly what they did in the second half of Auburn. At yeah, least, and, at least starting out. Yeah, and that. I think I think that's a good point. Uh, that's where I was going. Is that you know we dropped from a we started out five two because we thought they wanted to run the ball and we kind of dropped back in traditional three four. But we also gap filled with some guys and and here and there um, and we just we really had Auburn off balance in the second half in a way they just never figured out. Uh, and you have to give Tucker credit for, for figuring that out and, and, and putting guys in position to make plays. Cause we, it, we just kept coming up time and again. Speaking of putting guys in position to make plays, I would really, and this is just on a personal note. I think a lot of people would have the same sentiment. I would really like to see a Nick Chubb game. I know we've said that a couple of times yeah. this year, he surpassed 3000 yards Last week, yeah, joining the all-time uh, three thousand yard club, I guess with Lars Tate and Garrison Hurst and Herschel Walker. Well, Sony Todd also Gurley. went and moved in tenth. Oh, he did yeah. of all time. Yeah, that's amazing. Chubb is one hundred ninety-nine yards away from second place of surpassing Todd Gurley. So, you know, with theoretically three more games left, you think Nick Chubb pre-Tennessee injury and offensive line of last year, hey, he might get that in one game. I really would like to see that. I'd like to see Nick Chubb kind of bust out. I know Will said that a couple weeks ago where maybe he gets a buck 45 or something like that, but uh just haven't seen it lately. In that regard, they their rushing defense is pretty stout. They're only allowing 3.1 yards per uh 3.1 yards per game. Our Against rush, South Alabama. They I mean they held Southern to 41 yards rushing. And still gave up 30 what 27 points, whatever it was, 34 27 or whatever the score was. They won 33 to 26. 26. And they um, only played and here's the other thing. They played 10 days ago. Yeah. Or yeah. or come Saturday, they would have played 10. They played last Thursday night. Yeah. I mean, look, if you if you're tuning this game looking for a score fest, 
It hadn't happened all year. Why would it happen now? It hadn't happened all year, and, and, and this is not a game for it to happen. Um, you know, where I like our chances with Chubb and Sony Michelle do involve the long run because um, they can be susceptible to that. But, I mean, if you want to get the crowd early, you, you try to figure out what plays you can bust out long runs on early. Because um, that, those are game changers. If you Even if they're 30-yard runs, those are game changers because you flip the field, if nothing else, and they get the crowd in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think I agree with you. I'm ready – I am ready, ready to see a, a Nick Chubb game. Are you also ready for some trivia? Yes, let's, let's do it. It's not really trivia. That's the wrong word. I've just got some facts, and I, I am going to ask you a question. So my first and only question to you, uh-huh. has Georgia ever played University of Louisiana Lafayette? I want to say yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to spitball here and say it would have been 1989. You are correct in half of your answer. Okay. It was 1989. Georgia. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, it's logic. I can do this. Wait. Yeah, that makes sense. Georgia has played Louisiana Lafayette. Yes. They played them, interestingly enough, the first game of the 2010 season. Oh. The awful 6-7 and seven campaign. Oh. And Georgia won 55-7. to seven. Yeah, look at that. So they have played Louisiana Lafayette. I was still in exile then. So. Oh, you were up in uh, the Midwest? I was, I was in the Midwest. Hanging out with Will? Something like that. Planning, pre-planning a pot, future podcast. Yes, that's right. We were talking about podcasts. Um, some famous alumni from Louisiana Lafayette. Louisiana Lafayette. Oh, First, yeah. uh, two football players that you've probably heard of. Yeah. Can you think of like a quarterback with one of the most Cajun-sounding last names? Uh, Bobby Bear. No, no. <laughs> Carolina Panthers quarterback. Super oh, Bowl. Jake Delhomme. Jake Delhomme. And then uh, a guy you see on ESPN, I think he does a really good job, uh, just recently retired, a defensive back for the Bears. Who is that? He's on that show with no. I saw him on Fox. He was on the pre NFL show on Fox with Carissa Thompson. So he's K- not on ESPN. Cajun sounding name? No, no, it's Charles uh, Tillman. Oh, Tillman went there. Yep, Charles. Pretty Tillman. cool. Um, and this is for all you uh, Will Leach fans or who are also big baseball nuts. Ron Guidry. Really went to Louisiana Lafayette. Yep, famous Yankees pitcher won a Cy Young at one point. And then there is a musical. Alumni. Uh-huh. I don't know if you're a fan of Frank Ocean. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, that's just, I would never have guessed. I would have figured Frank oh Ocean. Oh, my God. We went to Miami. Hey, guys, 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 guys. Don't turn this off, please. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then everybody's favorite. An old school. It's it's crazy to think it's old school because it, this. I think the advertisement happened about 15 to 20 years ago. Remember the Doritos girl? Yeah. From the Super Bowl commercials. Oh, yeah. Allie Landry. Yeah. Went to Louisiana Lafayette. Huh. So. There is your famous alumni for that's respectable. That's a respectable cross section of Americana. That's not terrible, you know. Um, so, yeah. so uh, before we go into to picks, since uh, we got about an hour's worth We're of good, picks, to that's do, all I got. So about an hour's worth of picks to do. Um, before we go into picks, I did want to ask you. So, it's been well established that you you hate Auburn. Was that the most satisfying Auburn win for you? That's a good question. Yes, I of recent because there I was there with my kids, and as my boys get older, I can see their excitement of watching and understanding what's happening in the gravity of the moment of the Georgia game. And yeah, they were there two years ago. Yeah, when we beat Auburn at home, but that fourth down play when the stadium and you saw it tweeted out, it literally was probably registering something on a decibel level, way over 100 or a jet engine sound or something. But And I, l- I look to my right, and my oldest, my 10-year-old Jack, is with both hands inside of his mouth yelling. I look to my left, and my 8-year-old Walker's bouncing up and down and screaming. And that's very satisfying. And then, of course, the pass falls incomplete. And, um, and so, yeah, I think to answer that question... Absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I took my 11-year-old uh, uh, Maggie to the game. And, I bet uh, she was into it. That was the first time that she'd been – she'd gone to a big game, and we'd talked about language, and we talked about words she was going to learn. <laughs> but telling her not to say uh, And so you cannot write those words down and teach them to your brother. <laughs> but the – you know, I, I was at the 86 game, the the spray-down game, and – you know, of of the games I've been to, I have to say this game was was more exciting. Even though that that game was probably a little more impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm speaking, and I think you are too. I'm speaking I'm to a, a, a parents' eyes. Well, not just a parents' eyes. Very because subjectively, the, the 07 blackout game was 
amazing. Yeah, see, I, I didn't mean, make that, and I wasn't there when with the Michael Johnson catch. You know, I was at that uh, game with you know when we got back into the SEC championship game. Of They're course, all good. They're of all course, good. I wasn't there with the sugar fall from the sky game. But you know, as far as the Auburn games I've been to, this one's probably probably most impactful. So it um, definitely ranks up there. Yeah. All right, let's let's do some picks, Scott. We only got fifty of them, so wow, and uh, you don't have them in any order whatsoever. I'm just going to move the Georgia game to last. That's fine. Well, we got a game tomorrow night. We got uh, Louisville Houston tomorrow night, Thursday night. Okay, so we'll start with the Thursday game first. And I'm still the reason why I'm still ranked in the seventies is because once I make my selections, I still forget to put my confidence picks in. You got to you got to do that. So I'm going to do that tonight. Starting off Thursday night, cheating Bobby Petrino. Who left the Falcons high and dry when things started going bad for him? You know what he did at Arkansas. You've seen the Halloween costumes of what he did, and now he's been accused of uh, allegedly. I think we know, and we all know he did it. Finding some um, information on the team they played last week, but it was Wake Forest, and they're terrible, and they're just complaining. So Louisville faces Houston in Houston. Who do you got? Louisville. I mean, earlier in the season, I, I, I said this is a this is an easy pick for Houston. Uh, I I just think this a game Louisville wins. Right, Lamar, they have Lamar Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, Iowa tries to rebound and not fall flat on their face against Will Leach's Fighting Illini. <laughs> Thank Iowa. Yeah, I was a. 10 I mean, that that game's in Memorial Stadium. It's in, it's in Champaign. But ten and a half doesn't feel like enough. Illinois just looked abysmal. They're going to be year. kicking off right when Georgia is kicking off. Okay. Virginia at Georgia Tech. I gotta take Tech. Although Virginia has Virginia's had one of those seasons where they have just they've scared people. I mean, you know, they've lost they lost forty five thirty one to Pittsburgh. Louisville. They they've scared Louisville. You know, they scared Wake Forest. Um, it's uh, it's interesting, but I, I still gotta I still gotta take I gotta take Tech. Oh yeah, I'm gonna take Tech as well, which will set up the matchup for two seven and four teams facing off to see who has the potential to win nine games in a season. Yeah. Okay, here's an SEC game. Florida at LSU. It should have been played a couple weeks ago. It should have been a Florida home game. LSU says Florida made it difficult to reschedule. Florida says LSU made it difficult to reschedule. I would have to think that maybe LSU dug their heels in because of that athletic director, Joe Oliva. He seems to be like that kind of guy. Or some people might argue that Jeremy Foley might have just said, oh, to heck with it, I'm I'm leaving, so I'm just going to drag my heels. So anyway, they're playing in Tiger Stadium and LSU. This is a big game for both of them. Yeah, that's. Um, I, I think they they probably end up. Um, I think he probably end up with with seeing LSU win that game. But it's. Uh, so what does that do if LSU does beat Florida? What does that bring Tennessee back into the fold for winning the East? Because Florida would have three. Yeah, I have to look at the standings. Hold on for a minute. I don't remember now. Um, I'm going to pick LSU. Obviously, they're a 14 and a half point favorite. Yeah, I'm picking LSU, but I, for, as far as what it does to, to SEC standings. Um, well, Tennessee beat Florida, so yeah. And if Tennessee wins out, which they probably will. Yeah, so Tennessee has Missouri and Vandy left, so um, that, that would be right. Yeah, it would, it would send Tennessee to be the sacrificial lamb representing the East. I think Butch Jones was asked today at his press conference if he was pulling for LSU, and he tried to act like he didn't know what the guy was talking about. Yeah, he was what, just focusing that? on Missouri. Uh, what were you talking about? Georgia Southern at Georgia State, two teams that like to go by the moniker of GSU. Yeah. I'm taking Southern, even though I swore I wasn't going to. Georgia State's just – They're playing in the Dome. They fired their coach. It's just all kinds of bad stuff going on there. Okay, I'm going to go with Southern as well. And the game we just mentioned, Missouri is at Tennessee. Tennessee is a two-touchdown favorite. Man, I so want to pick Missouri in this game. I do. I'm picking Tennessee just because I'm, I'm trying to make a point. But I don't know. I'm going to pick Missouri because Josh Dobbs has not turned it over enough lately, and he's prone to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Washington State at Colorado. Colorado is having a – let me rephrase that. Washington State and Colorado are having very sneaky good seasons. Yeah, I mean, Washington eight. State lost to Eastern Michigan to start the season off. I think they've lost to Eastern Michigan and Boise State maybe. I, I'm picking Colorado here, but, man, this game – is is being played like at eleven thirty local time, or I guess it's Mountain, so it's, I guess it's twelve thirty local time. But keep an eye on that game. That game has all kinds of weirdness that could go down. Not only were you correct on the teams they lost to, they started the season zero and two, and the combined two losses of six points. Yeah, so they could 
theoretically, if they had played a little bit better, have a Mike Leach undefeated Washington Cougars team maybe kind of wrecking the playoff position. I mean, the Cougars still could. I, I don't think he made from the Pac-12 gets in right now. Well, Colorado's but, ranked twelfth, right? Now. Right, but they they've they've got to jump a lot. I'm going to pick Colorado as well. Bert against Hey Bert, Mississippi, Mississippi State. They lost to Mississippi last week. Bad. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> Bert against Mississippi State. Yeah, Mississippi State's a point and a half favorite here at four and six against mm-hmm. a six and four Arkansas. Imagine That's back. A weird line. Imagine back. The end of September, mm-hmm. when Arkansas was riding high and Mississippi State was, you know, had lost to Kentucky of all places. Right. You know, they would have been. I think they were two and two or something like that. I'm picking Mississippi State. They they looked really good last week in that win against Texas A and M. Um, and Arkansas looked like they were just falling apart. They looked really good against Texas A and M two weeks ago. Two they weeks looked ago. horrible against Alabama. Who doesn't look horrible against right. Alabama? Well, so on that kind of reasoning, I'm going to go with Arkansas. <laughs> and now I see what you did. Yes, you saw what I did. Now we get to two teams trying to get bowl eligible. Mississippi goes up to Nashville. So Mississippi's going to go to Nashville and beat the hell out of Vanderbilt, setting up Vanderbilt wrecking Tennessee season next Ooh, week. I like that. I like that. You heard um, it here. I'm picking Vandy to beat Tennessee. So, based on your rationale, you're picking Mississippi, Mississippi to win. Okay, I was thinking to cover. Know, you know, it would be interesting if Vanderbilt won and Mississippi State won their game, and then you'd have two five and six Mississippi schools <laughs> playing for a bowl bid. For a bowl bid in the Egg Bowl. <laughs> that would be fun. Um, I'll take it, that. It's not going to happen. Though. I'll take that. Uh, I'm going to go with Ole Miss because their new quarterback wears number twenty. That's awesome. Shea Patterson. <laughs> Shea Patterson. Not only am I into uniforms, I'm also into the numbers that are worn. Like, I'm a big fan of big defensive linemen wearing single-digit numbers like Montrevious Adams. Oh, and, yeah. Or 47, like that. Or like, uh, who is it, Roundtree? Yeah, yeah. Um, Oklahoma. West Virginia. Pick, pick West, West Virginia. Virginia. Don't even think about it. Pick West really? Virginia. Yes. Okay. Dana Holgerson's hair? It's all about the hair. Okay. Southern Cal at UCLA. Is Jim Moore in trouble? No. 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 I, I say that disappointingly, not, not like <laughs> I think Scott's dumb. Um, yeah, Southern Cal's going to win that game. Big. They are because they, they have won they, a lot. Or, in a row. Yeah. Um, Arnold has just turned it on. It's crazy what he's done. So. Adoree Jackson? No. Sam to Arnold. Sounds good. He's, her, he's uh, Southern Cal's quarterback. Okay. I and fell asleep watching them uh, right before they pulled ahead of Washington, and then they beat Washington. Yeah, that was, that was hard to stay up for, for yes. you because you had gotten up at 4 a.m. to I cook meat. To cook meat. Right. Uh, the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana Lafayette, they are 4-5. and five. They haven't played – well, when the game starts, they wouldn't have played in 10 days, which I guess is the Steve Spurrier way of scheduling. Right. Um, they roll into Sanford Stadium. Georgia, 6-4. and four. It doesn't look great on paper, but at, like we've been saying, after that Auburn win last week, I mean, we've, we're feeling really good about where the direction is going, and we're just hoping and praying that we aren't proven wrong. Georgia is a 22.5-point favorite you know we have we can look back on and see some parallels to the north carolina and then Nichols game right a huge win against north carolina we we really just came out and thought the season was gonna be different than it was and then Nichols kind of told us it was gonna be different than what we thought but in a, <laughs> the opposite way um here's the thing about that first off um georgia has gotten better through the season We've gotten better at coaching. We've gotten better at at figuring out what works. We've actually started playing better on the offensive line and playing better as a team, and our defense is way better. And our defense started out pretty good. You know, I think the key to this game, just like it, it was for Auburn, is limiting the number of plays that Louisiana runs. You know, we put the ball in Chubb hand, Chubb's hands. I, I desperately want to see one of those 160-yard breakout games. Um, I think he gets 100 for that matter, I think Sony gets 100. I think we I think we win fairly handily. Uh, it's going to be late before we pull away. But I think we were win fairly handily in a game that we were like, you know, God, that game was way closer than we than, than it should have been. And we sit down and look at the stats and realize it really wasn't. There was a plan all along for us to pull away late. I like that, a plan all along. 
<laughs> I mean, look, if a co- give a coach a chance to put up a 28-point lead, they'll do it, right? Oh, so, sure. Yeah. Well, the last time Georgia broke out the black jerseys, it was against Alabama, and it went horribly wrong. It was very insert, similar. Insert your own throw-up noises here. Yeah, it was very similar to how we looked against Alabama last year without the black jerseys. So the jerseys don't mean anything. It gets the crowd hyped. It gets the recruits hyped. It gets the players hyped, and it gets me hyped about it. So I'm excited about Importantly. the black jer- Yeah, it's all about me. I'm being a little bit selfish. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to forget all that nonsense that happened back in 2008 when ESPN Game Day was here, and Georgia fans were a little bit overrating, if that's a correct grammar usage, of their team. And I'm going to instead focus on the 2007 season when Georgia shocked everybody in the stands. And Tony, I know you weren't there, but let me paint the picture for you. There was rumblings all week. Well, maybe there were black jerseys. And uh, I think some. there was no tweet. There were no real tweets sent out because Twitter was only a year old and nobody was on it. But there were some... some I uh, was. Huh? I was. Oh, okay. So people were getting mentions in the paper and saying like, hey, we're... They're, they're saying wear black, and so everybody puts on their black. I wore my uh, NWO Wolfpack t-shirt. You remember WWE NWO? Yeah, of course. With uh, Hulk Hogan and Scott Hall yeah. and Kevin Nash. I had one of their shirts, and, that, and in fact, I think I'm going to wear that on Saturday because that's what I wear on all the, the, the big blackout games. So then I'm, I'm, I'm belaboring my point. Tony, when Georgia ran out of that tunnel, because they warmed up in red jerseys. yes. And Marcus Howard, and I even remember Brandon Katu were out there kind of as a specialist, or they were team captains. <clears throat> they walked out there in red jerseys. Right. Shaking right. hands, flipping right. the coin. People right. are like, you know, this, and the place is rocking. And so I remember, look, the hairs on my arm are standing up right now. I remember ever kind of talking amongst to the guys in my section, like, man, they're not going to do it. And then all of a sudden, they took the jerseys off. The, the, I guess it was a similar uh, intro, but what is it? What is if the your guy? blood runs yeah, red and black. Yeah. When, he, when he started saying, if your blood runs red and black, and they bust through, and those players are running as fast as they could out there, the whole stadium just lost their collective mind. And then uh, the little caveat, the fun part in my mind seeing, was Marcus Howard and Brandon Gattu pulling off their red jerseys, getting right. help on the sideline because right. their black ones are yeah. underneath it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. The, the, my, you know, my, my version of that story is I was in Champaign, Illinois, playing a softball tournament. Right. For, uh, and so I brought a TV because that uh-huh. was um, – I was not missing that game. And we were about to start a semifinal game maybe. And I wanted to see the kickoff. So I'm like, I was like, y'all have to hold the game. Fortunately, they, they were cool about it. So I was like, they're wearing black. They're wearing black. And I put on a black jersey and went and played softball on a black jersey. So um, that was uh, it was a lot of fun. So I'm going to predict Georgia wins 45-20, which was, nice! the score, which was the score of the Auburn game in 2007. I'll take that. So um, one person we haven't heard from. Is Will. Is Will. He, like we mentioned, if you're still listening, at the beginning of this podcast, we said that Will was at the New York Knicks-Detroit Pistons game. And so he come, he's been live from Jacobs Field. Um, he's been live from Wrigley, Wrigley Field, I think. Yes, he was in Wrigley. We'll, we'll say that anyway. Yeah. Um, he, and now he's live from He's live, he live from Madison. a cab uh, yep, a couple a times. Cab. He was angry times. that time. I actually, one time he wasn't. Yeah. So. so he's coming live from Madison Square Garden, Will Leach, and his minute and a half. Yo. <laughs> this is Leach. I come to you once again from the world's sports venues, my grand tour. I'm at Madison Square Garden. I'm about to watch my beloved New York Knicks. The Knicks are my one New York team. Watch them play the Detroit Pistons. Eventually, I will, in fact, be at the taping. In fact, next week, I'm hoping to be there for the Thanksgiving taping, but alas, my travels take me to the land of basketball and Chris Tapp's Porzingis. I'm not happy about these noon starts. You guys aren't happy about these noon starts. It's going to be a long drive from Callaway Gardens on the Saturday after Thanksgiving for a noon start against Tech, but the noon start against Lafayette or Louisiana, however they're referred to now, seems reasonable. So... I'm predicting Georgia. This is I guessing this is one of those games where they let Eason loose and he just goes nuts. 
I'm predicting a 350-yard game for Eason. This is the game where we score a ton of points. And Louisiana Lafayette, or Louisiana, or Lafayette, or maybe just the hyphen. It's nice to have a week. We haven't had a blowout in so long. Let's have one. I'm saying dogs, 42, Louisiana, or hyphen, or Lafayette, 14. Go dogs, and go Knicks. So that you know, setting up a little bit. Thanks, Kevin. Um, so Scott and I have batted around the idea of the tech game of doing like a a, a post game thing. So stay tuned. We might we have to pull that off. I uh, I realize uh, a lot of you listen to this on the way to work. You listen to it when you commute, or you listen to it at work instead of working. We appreciate the downloads. <laughs> uh, so, but keep an eye out for that next week because we are recording next week, even though a lot of you won't work the whole week or only work two or three days. Um, and we will have Will with us next week while we record live in studio here at Scott's house. I just hope he doesn't mess up our flow that we've developed. Yeah, we got a pretty good flow going. <laughs> we got a pretty good flow. Speaking of flow, um, keep an eye out on headline news. I'll put it on the Twitter feed when it comes out because that was that was fun talking with Heinz. Uh, it's been on a couple of the clips were on on the Monday oh, show. Oh, cool, cool. And uh, but there was no real audio. It was just Heinz talking about how much he did enjoy coming back and tailgating for the first time ever. Yeah, which, which blew my mind, but you know, I mean, he's kind of a busy guy. He is kind of a busy guy. So he was enormously gracious and top of giving us time uh, for an, for an interview. He did stick around for a solid thirty oh, he, minutes. Oh, absolutely, um, he did. Uh, you know, he talked to a lot of folks. He sampled all the food. He I do talked, have a regret. What's that? I didn't ask him about his role in The Dark Knight Rises. He had a role in that. You didn't see that movie? No. Where he's running, what? he's he's running for the end zone, and the and the the field caves in, and Bane shows up. Are you serious? Yes, he's in the movie. I had to assume that's CGI. Well, the field did collapse. (laughs) But he's not playing Purdue. So, yeah, cool. So uh, keep keep an eye out. I'm not saying we're going to do that. I'm just saying it's a possibility. I've got a ton of people. uh, So many of my wife's wife's family are... um, Taking uh, over your house? Oh, yeah, it's, that's that's the thing that's happening. Uh, Her her parents are coming. uh, Her aunt and uncle who live in Grand Rapids, Michigan, he is a... Diehard Michigan fan. Matter of fact, his uh, his daughter goes to uh, Central Michigan. Uh, son goes to Grand Valley State, and uh, but they're all Michigan fans except for the, the mom, my my wife's aunt, uh, who is a big Indiana fan. They've always wanted to go to SEC game. Like we'll come down Thanksgiving, we'll do George George Tech. And of course, they're doing a new kickoff. Uh, so one of the things we thought about doing is we thought about doing a post game gate. Uh, so that they have an opportunity to go to downtown Athens because otherwise they probably won't. Although they're here for they get here Tuesday. And leave Sunday, and there has there's a lot of potential for stuff to go down between those times because we have 25 in my house for Thanksgiving. We have Black Friday. I'm gonna smoke and I'm just ballparking here a thousand pounds of meat. So, but so keep an eye out that for the, we we may well do that. That would be that would be fun. I right? An, I have an image of uh, cousin Eddie, Randy Quaid. Oh my gosh! RV and Which like- is actually funny because we are we have uh, our friend Jim. I was telling you about he. Um, he actually keeps his RV at our house, and we're going to use it because we're going to have so many people. That's why I was thinking. Yeah, sure. yeah. We've already we've already told the kids because our family, the the kids and Kristen and I are going to stay in the RV um, because you know we give the the kids want to stay in the RV, and we you can't. Need to, you need to get a floppy hat, go out there in a tank top and a cigar, <laughs> and say, "There's full." <laughs> There's full Clark. Clark, it's I'll a, cut that. Clark, it's a butte. Yeah, she's um, a butte. Clark. She's a butte. Clark. So. Um, yeah, it would, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting fired up. Uh, I'm pretty excited about not just this weekend, but tech and the bowl game because you know um, it's funny. A lot of people are like, oh, you're fired up about a uh, Music City Bowl. Look, guys, we were staring in the face of something really not cool happening, and it might change this week. But we turned it around. Uh, we turned it around with coaching. We've turned it around with consistent play. We've turned it around. F- Frankly, with with God stepping up, um, you're starting to hear more and more chatter about leadership on defense and offense uh, out of Easton and Maurice Smith and Lorenzo Carter and and even some out of Sony Michelle and Nick mm-hmm. Chubb. It feels like it's coming together a little bit. It, again, that could all change this week, um, but for a few brief moments, it's felt really good. Wow, that's poignant. It, it was poignant, right? So, so I was, we're leaving it right here uh, with Go Dogs. Sounds good to me. Go Dogs and Go Black Jerseys. I'll cut that. That's terrible.
Thanks so much for listening. If you are picking in our Fun Office Pools contest, make sure to get your selections in on Thursday because there is a Thursday night game on the ledger. A few necessary housekeeping notes. Twitter. Yes, you can tweet our show. We try to be as interactive as possible, basically meaning if Tony and I happen to see the app mention pop up, we will respond. Our handle is at WSLS Podcast. iTunes. Yes, about every other show, I mention how valuable ratings and reviews are to this podcast, and subscriptions, I might add. And it usually turns into one or two of you leaving us a nice review, which we really appreciate, and I read them right here in this part of our podcast. I don't have any to report today, so hook us up. We'd love to hear what you think. Great win versus Auburn last week. Naturally, we're still excited about it, and so are you, because we talked about it again today on this podcast. And it's just a Sunbelt team showing up in Sanford on Saturday, but wear your black, get loud, because you and I both read the quotes from the team and what Kirby says about how much they notice and feed off the crowd noise. So do your part. I can assure you that Tony and I, and Will, will do ours. So have a great rest of your week. Go dogs, and we'll see you on campus this very Saturday.